Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this very special edition of Let's Talk About Jesus. The reason that it's very special is because we're going to look at some things in God's Word together today that I believe is going to be uh, the rejoicing and joy of your heart. We need to look away for a little while from all of the conditions of the last day uh, that is so negative, uh, so uh, so uh, absolutely outrageous. We look every day for for some reprieve, some some respite from all of the tumult and trouble and carnage that is all around us, all over the world. But today we need to begin to look up. And the reason we need to do that is because God wants us to be encouraged in our hearts and see what is about to happen. Changes are going to come. They're not going to come through the Antichrist to bring peace. This promise of peace, this man of peace that will really uh, be uh, uh, bring chaos like the world has ever known. But the Prince of Peace himself is just about to return to this earth. Initially to take his bride, but also uh, to establish his righteous kingdom. And I, I just feel like Maranatha is going to be the watchword for the church once again, as far as we have drifted from looking for the coming of Jesus Christ. I believe that God wants us to reinitiate that attitude, that upward look today. And I just want you to know how much God loves you today, how glad we are to be part of that great company, publishing his word and, and bringing hope. You know, the Bible said through the patience and, and, and comfort of the Scripture, we would have hope. For the things that are written aforetime were written for our learning, that through the patience and comfort of the Scripture, we might have hope. And hope, biblically defined, is the glad anticipation of future good. And we want to talk about today the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we're going to be reading in just a few moments from Revelation chapter 19, verses 5 through 9. Revelation chapter 19, verses 5 through 9. On the subject, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, just before we begin our study today, I would like to thank you uh, for being part of the listening family right here on WMAF. We're so glad that you're hearing this broadcast in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia. But we're also glad because of the World Wide Web that you are hearing this broadcast. If you're listening today by computer anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world. We know we have people listening from Australia. We know we have people listening from Africa. We know that there are people listening from other states within the United States of America, from Arizona. We're glad to have you with us from from uh, West Virginia. We're so glad that you are listening. And we could go on and on and on. And time just doesn't permit. But we're also 
so glad for those of you who have come to our website and are listening live from our website uh, to this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus. We are, we are glad for a global outreach from right here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates. And so having said that and having thanked you, uh, will you please turn with me to Revelation 19, verse 5 through 9. You know, Jesus said before I begin reading, When you see these things begin to come to pass, and they were the negative events of the last days, he said, lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. In other words, all of these precursors to the tribulation means also to the Christian, looking through the lens of the soon coming of Jesus, we begin to get a flutter in our heart. We begin to get a, 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 a sense that the coming of the Lord is very, very soon. And we want to be ready See this this is the this is the watchword for today in light of the soon coming of Jesus Christ to the church of Jesus Christ be ye also ready for in an hour you think not the son of man cometh praise god amen so we want to we want to talk about the marriage supper of the lamb and therefore talk about how to be ready for the soon coming of jesus christ i want to make a statement before we read uh, out of revelation 19 verse 5 through 9 our god wants a personal relationship with us he wants us to trust him in the context of that intimacy and that personal relationship. Because He is good, because He is love, because He loves us and wants to bring us by blood covenant under the shadow of His wings and live with us forever after this world uh, and has been changed forever and, and this life in this body is over. Praise God. When we get to heaven, we're not going to a victory dinner. We're going to a marriage supper. And we are already betrothed. We're already under His watch care. And we're already the recipients of His great love. Make no mistake about it. A wedding day is coming. And the bride is going to be ready for that day. Because God is preparing His church for the coming of Jesus Christ. Listen to what it said in Revelation 19, 5-9, concerning the bride, the groom, and the marriage supper that we, every child of God, are called to. It said, And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye His servants, and all ye that fear Him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. 
And he said unto me, Write, Blessed, which means literally once again in the New Testament as well as the Old, happy to be envied. Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. The true sayings of God. You know, this reference to us as, as a, a wife, that God wants a relationship with us as a husband and wife, a covenant relationship with us, and an intimate, personal covenant relationship. I want to to uh, make this statement in light of that today. We see ourselves uh, in in many circles as the bride of Christ, and indeed we are. And we're going to see that in Scripture. But being the bride of Christ means that He wants a permanent relationship with us that is mutually committed uh, as a husband and a wife. Therefore, the gospel of Jesus Christ is an invitation to a royal wedding. To be saved doesn't just mean having your sins forgiven so you can go to heaven. It means reconciliation with God. And reconciliation with God means that we are brought into His royal family, that we are accepted in the Beloved, and we are clothed in His own righteousness. You see, God didn't just begin wanting an intimate covenant relationship or a covenant relationship of intimacy with His people where He was identified by the covenant as a husband and that His covenant people are identified as a wife. That began in the Old Covenant, and God hasn't changed, and therefore His desire for this kind of relationship has not changed. The Bible portrays the relationship between God and His people with a staggering array of images. Listen, God is the potter, and we are the clay. Christ is the shepherd, and we are the sheep. I guess we're moving here from dirt uh, to animal. It says Christ is the master and we are his servants. Well, here we can come into the house, even as John Eldridge comments, and I quote, we have to wipe our feet and watch our manners and not talk too much. He goes on to say most Christians never get beyond this point. But from here the Bible leads us on a swift and sublime ascent. We are the children of God. And He is our Heavenly Father. Or as Jesus puts it, you are my friends in John 15. Friends of God. It can't get much better than that. But there are a number of passages in both Old and New Testaments that take our relationship with God to a level of loving intimacy that is absolutely astounding and astonishing. We are God's wife. We are Christ's bride. Isaiah declares in the Old Covenant to help us understand the marriage supper better, we begin in the Old Covenant. As a young man marries a young woman, so shall your God marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Let's look at this verse in context in Isaiah 62, verse 1 through 5. It said, For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake 
I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation therefore as a lamp that burneth. As the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Praise God. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, for thy land shall be no more termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hetzibah, Hepzibah, and thy land Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. As a young, for as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as a bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. You won't be uh, called, uh, you will be called, you won't be called forsaken, but you will be called Hesiba, which in the Hebrew means my delight is in her. And you will also be called Beulah, which means married. Never again will you be called the forsaken city or the desolate land, for your new name will be called the city of God's delight, <laughs> the bride of God, for the Lord delights in you. You see in the parable of the ten virgins in the New Testament in Matthew 25 is the story of a bridegroom coming for a bride. Those redeemed by the blood of Christ in the New Testament are truly called the bride of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul used this marriage analogy uh, in his letter to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 2. Listen to what he said. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin unto Christ. Praise God. Listen, friend of mine, and I've said it to our congregation recently, and I want to say it to our listening congregation today. The primary reason for God sending His Son and Jesus going to the cross and providing the means of salvation was just primarily number one was not just to keep you out of hell and get you into heaven. That is the byproduct of something far greater in God's plan. Listen, friend of mine, you are going to escape the damnation and the punishment and banishment from God. If you come to Christ repenting of your sins, God will pardon those sins. But the Bible said He will reconcile you unto Himself through that shed blood of Jesus. And when we're reconciled unto God, that Scripture is fulfilled. The just Jesus Christ has suffered for the unjust, you and me, that He might bring us to God. And when we're reconciled unto God, then, then that judgment issue, that, 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 that obligation of God to judge us and banish us forever has, has been settled. I love that great camp meeting song that says the old account was settled long ago. 
And I love the great song of faith and hymn of the Christian faith that says simply, I bought a debt I couldn't pay. It was growing every day, but Jesus paid it all for me. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Him sin had left a crimson stain, and he washed it white as snow. This is the victory that is ours in Christ today. We have been reconciled unto God. We have been brought into His royal family. And Paul reiterated that in the New Covenant and said, said, Now, it doesn't appear what we shall be. We don't see clearly all the glory that's going to be revealed when we get to heaven. But we do know this. We do know that God has, we have been reconciled unto God through the blood of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and we do not have to fear the wrath to come. For the scripture says, God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. And Paul said, now we are the sons of God. Right here, right now, in this moment in time, if you're a Christian today, now, this is not what we shall be. This is what we are in relationship to God. Hallelujah. We are the sons of God. And by virtue of being sons of God, Paul goes on to say we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Friend, the reason that you're going to escape hell and the reason that you're going to heaven is because we have been reconciled to God, brought into His royal family, and our sins have been disassociated with us, remitted, separated from us. As it is written, saith the Lord, I will cast their sins away from them as far as the east is from the west, and their sins will I remember no more. You see, this entire plan of salvation begins with being reconciled to God. And that relationship between God and man that Adam and Eve initially had with God is, is restored when we come to know Christ as our Savior. God becomes our Heavenly Father. We become His beloved children. Jesus becomes the bridegroom, and we become the espoused to Him. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, the gospel has a higher purpose than just keeping us out of hell and getting us into heaven. Oh, to us, that would be the highest purpose we could possibly imagine. But what we're missing is the call to intimacy with God, intimacy with Christ. You see, the book of Revelation tells us a lot about heaven. But when Jesus talked about heaven, in John's gospel, I believe it's the 14th chapter, and we use this at funerals over and over again because it takes us from the earthly sphere to the heavenly sphere. Jesus says, I go to prepare. In my Father's house, there's many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Look at his emphasis. Jesus doesn't emphasize the place. Jesus emphasizes the relationship that he wants with us forever. 
the place is is what we tend to focus on and not the person who's saying, I want to live with you forever, that we can be together forever. That is the purpose of the place. I, I just make this statement. This say I and not the Lord. I think it's going to be, <laughs> I don't know how many years before we begin to appreciate uh, the, the, the glory of the city. Uh, the, the, gate, the gates of pearl is not going to be what we're looking to see initially when we get to heaven. I think it's going to be a long time before we notice that we're walking on streets of transparent gold. I think the, 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 uh, the, the, the foundations of that city, each being precious stones, are not going to be the object of our initial attraction. I like the great Christian song that says, Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace, his redeeming grace. Oh, I want to see him. Oh, yes, we are indeed looking for a city. Abraham looked for a city whose built, which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. But the reason we look for the city is because we know who is living in that city. Number one, I want to see my Redeemer. I want to see my Savior. But number two, I want to see my daughter that is living in that city. I'm, I'm so glad someone who has lived there for a long, long time is going to show her daddy around that city when I get home. Lisa Marie will meet me at the gate along with Jesus. I am convinced of that. I love the song that Walt Mills made popular a long, long time ago that said, If the walls were not jasper, if the streets were not gold, oh, still I would see everything that I long to see. For where Jesus is, it will be heaven for me. Oh, friend of mine, oh, I want to see him, we used to sing. Look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. Friend of mine, I want to see him whom my soul loveth. In the Song of Solomon, uh, you see this great love story. I always tell our young people it's rated PG-13 to make sure they read it in the Bible. It is a love story. It is passionate. It is intimate. It is personal. And friend of mine, it is talking about more than just God wouldn't have it in holy writ if all it was was the gushings of a young man's e emotion and devotion to this young woman that he desires to be with above everything else and everyone else. And her desire is toward him. Because when she's not with him, she said, I'm sick <laughs> with love. I can't find fulfillment and happiness unless I'm with my beloved. So she says things like, daughters of Jerusalem, have you seen my beloved? And they said, no. And she goes a little further and says, watchman, have you seen my beloved? And they say, no. And she goes a little further. She will not rest until she finds him. And she lays hold upon him. 
and takes him back to her mother's house. Oh, friend of mine, we sing the song based on that that wonderful love story between a man and woman. And we, we sing, I'm my beloved's and he is mine. His banner over me is love. And this is the language of the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 5. It starts speaking about husbands and wives and their, their love and their commitment to one another. And then Paul says, but I'm going to show you a mystery that I'm not just talking about husbands and wives. I am speaking concerning Christ and his church. And he says things like this in Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Then in verse 32, he said, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Praise God. You see, this God who wants intimacy with his people and this people that want to enter in to that relationship with him uh, of husband and wife, of intimate personal relationship with God. This is a mystery, but it is a great spiritual truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Those redeemed by the blood of Jesus in the New Testament can truly be called the bride of Christ. 2 Corinthians 11.2 declares clearly and plainly, Paul said, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to what it said in Hosea. We're jumping back and forth. We're finding the same thread running through the scripture. Hosea 2.19 and Hosea 2.20 said, And I will betroth thee unto me forever, yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Make no mistake about it today, my dear friend. God wants you. To be in his royal family. And he wants you to sit down with him. And with Christ. At the marriage supper of the Lamb. And the place that he has prepared. He wants to live with us forever. Age without end. Hallelujah. Friend of mine this is a mystery. This is beyond our wildest imagination. Paul put it this way, What manner of love is this, that we might be called the sons of God? What kind of love is this? Praise God. I grew up in the 50s, and I remember the 50s love song that said, What kind of love is this that makes me want to jump and shout? What kind of love is this that earned 
turned my whole life inside out. When I look at these scriptures and I understand the higher purpose of Jesus hanging on that cross is to reconcile us to God, that we might have an intimate, personal relationship with Him. We find it again reiterated in Christ's message to the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. We use it so many times in what is called the altar call or the the invitation. And here's what Jesus says to the church of Laodicea, which had backslidden and many, I believe, had never even been saved. Listen to what he said. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and him with me. Do you see it? Initially, he wants that reconciled relationship Restoring that intimacy between a sinful man and a merciful God. Oh, friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ today as your Lord and your personal Savior, I am convinced, I am convinced that He is knocking on your heart's door. And I am convinced of something else today. I am convinced that He is calling you by name because He loves you and He wants to forgive you and He wants you to live with Him forever. So I pray in the closing moments of this broadcast that you will repent of your sins and receive Christ as your Savior because we want you to be there when we sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. God bless you. Our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.